Let's talk about something that affects all of us ladies, hormones. Because let's face it, when your hormones are out of whack, life can feel like a roller coaster. Well, say hello to Hormone Harmony, the ultimate solution for women of all ages seeking balance, crafted by Happy Mammoth. But what sets Hormone Harmony apart? Well, it's not just another supplement. Happy Mammoth, the company behind Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. Plus, Hormone Harmony contains science-backed adaptogens that help your body adapt to hormonal changes, ensuring you feel like yourself again. Hormone Harmony is an all-in-one hormonal balancing solution designed for women of all ages. So whether you're in your 20s dealing with PMS or in your 40s and beyond facing menopause, Hormone Harmony has got you covered. For a limited time, you can take 15% off your first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BLACKGIRLFLOW at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code BLACKGIRLFLOW for 15% off your order today. Welcome to the Black Girl Flow Podcast, a space dedicated to creating conversation that pushes us to be in alignment and at peace with ourselves and the world around us. We are about cultivating joy, growth, and success in our life, love, and identity. So join us as we find our flow. We are your hosts, Liv and Lex, two 20-something-year-old Black girls working every day to be in flow. And we want you along this journey with us. Liv and I are joined this week by Taylor Morrison, author of the newly released book, Inner Workout, Strengthening Self-Care Practices for Healing Body, Soul, and Mind. We're so lucky to have Taylor join us for the conversation about all of the dimensions of self-care and share what it means to create an inner workout practices and rituals. She has been named one of Fortune's 10 innovators shaping the future of health. So Taylor brings so much wisdom and good energy into the conversation. We hope you all enjoy. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Black Girl Flow podcast. I am just tickled that we feel like we're in full summer effect. Like it's hot outside. It's hot outside. The sun is shining. And I just hope that everybody is soaking up all those rays, all those summer summer sunshine rays filling your cup. And I hope the cup is runneth over. (laughs) I know I'm super pumped for this week's episode because we're joined by an incredible guest yet again, two for two. Um, Taylor Morrison, who will really just kind of ground us in so much in the conversation around self-care. So Taylor, just thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this all day. Well, that just warms our hearts and I'm sure all of the listeners too. And so we can't jump into our conversation because I already have all these questions whirling in my head. Can't even get to that until we start with our pulse check, which is really just our moment to reflect and think about how we're doing, what's going on in our universe. How how are we doing mentally, physically? So Liv, if you want to kick it off and then we'll pass it along. Amazing. Yes. This pulse check, y'all, I'm not even going to front. I am tired. Your girl is tired. As we've mentioned, you know, I'm in Atlanta right now. Lexi and I are separated just for maybe a few more weeks. And my mom is like on this workout kick. So she's been having us wake up at like 4.30 in the morning and work out together. And I've had to like alter my bedtime routine, my morning routine. And this morning I just told her, I was like, I 
girl, like, I'm not sure. And she was like, please. And I was like, okay, mom, I got you. And so I've been in my wellness bag in my movement journey bag. And that's really exciting because I feel like for a long time, there's been like this pause in my movement journey. And I've just been in this experiential phase of things, but I love having my mom as my workout partner, but I'm, I'm a bit tired. Other than that, I feel uh, similar to what you said, Lexi, it's hot outside. I feel really good during the summertime um, and just re-energized. So I feel like the year really started for me in April. So it kind of still feels like New Year's right now for me. Like I finally feel like I'm stepping into 2023, which is kind of crazy to say. So yes, that's how I'm coming into this space. Taylor, I'd love to hear how you're doing. What's your frame of mind? How are we feeling? Yeah, I think it's so, so funny that you say your year started in April. That's how I feel too. Like my book came out in March. So theoretically that should be my new year, but it was like, it was so much showing up and like being in front of things in a way that to some extent I'm used to. And it also was like really tiring and weird because I worked on this thing. I started in 2020 and then it was out in the world. So like, actually my month, my year might've really started this month, actually in May, like after the book, I had this like extreme tiredness. I talked about it as almost like postpartum depression from mm-hmm. birthing a book where I was just like, there's been so much anticipation and now it's out here. And then now I have like, what is my other, my new big thing that I'm working towards? Like what's next? How am I celebrating this? And also like being perceived and having people see something that has like a lot of my heart and soul in it. And now it's in your hands. So there was just a lot that I had to work through and like draw support on other people and from other people. And now I feel like I'm me again, really for the first time in the past few weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think we can all resonate to that especially since Liv and I have so many conversations about this idea of rest and how it shows up in every facet of our life. And I know I always hype Liv up as the creative that she is. And we often talk about that as, you know, the artist. And when you give so much of yourself to a project or a thing, that cycle that you're talking about, Taylor, being like, yeah, I needed to just, I needed to do nothing. Like I had this massive release, this massive birthing, and I kind of needed to just go back to myself. So I love that you took intentional time. And yes, yo year started in May. <laughs> and I think we ain't nobody can tell you otherwise. So then that's just on period. So I know I'm feeling rested as well and ready to take on the rest of the year. Um, as Liv always jokes about us being in Q1 and Q2, we are in full effect of Q2, folks. <laughs> And so I feel like I've been uh, in my hometown and I'm about to head back to North Carolina and I'm like, oh yeah, what's my rhythm? What's my routine? What, what, what's the vibe that I'm on and, and I'm feeling rested and ready to, to pick that back up. So I, I think I'm just in that kind of lull. Don't really know what the next two weeks looks like, but right now I'm feeling very just calm and peaceful and I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And I think this really brings us to the important conversation that we're talking about here, because 
we are in Q2. And I think sometimes we forget to come back to some key principles while we're talking about all the progress and where we're at. And it is this idea of self-care and it is this idea of rest. And so I know Liv and I have been really excited for this conversation because we do want it to be so central to every conversation we have this year. So Liv, what else have we been chatting about in regards to this? Yes. And Taylor, like you mentioned this book, Inner Workout, which I'm really excited to dive deeper into for one. And you define self-care as this idea of listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. I'm really curious on how you got there because, you know, me and Lexi, we've had episodes or specifically one episode on self-care versus soul care and the differentiation between the two. But how did you get to your definition of self-care in your life? Yeah, it really came from a place of like burnout and need. And I always like to tell people like from jump, I do this work because I'm bad at self-care. Like I am not naturally good at it. I'm not naturally someone who's like, yeah, I'm just going to meditate for three hours and be like chill. No, I have a tendency to be a workaholic and to put a lot of my identity in what I do. And I got to a point where that wasn't serving me. And so what happened was there was this point where it was in 2017. And every time I tell the story, I like am physically transported there. I remember we were in like our little garden apartment and I was trying to plan my week. And at the time I was working full-time, had a side hustle, was volunteering with multiple nonprofits and still, and was planning a wedding or at this particular night, I had just gotten married and trying to have a social life. So I had just a few things going on and I was trying to plan out my week on Sunday. And instead of being able to plan, I was really starting to panic and feel really, really stressed out. So what I ended up doing was something that was uncharacteristic for me and saying, you know what, I'm not going to force myself to plan because planning isn't happening right now. I'm going to close my laptop and I'm going to take a bath. And that was a moment of like me listening to myself and responding with love. And I took that bath, didn't look at my laptop, didn't look at my phone. And it felt so good that I started doing that like every Sunday. And I did that every Sunday for quite a while. And then it was like, that's so great that I have this experience on Sundays, but I want to be able to feel like that on Wednesday afternoon or on Friday morning. And I realized that what I was getting out of the bath was this time to connect with myself, to listen and to respond with love. And I could do that at any point in my day. I could do that like anywhere, anytime. So that's kind of how I got to that definition. Oh man, I feel relieved because I think oftentimes within these conversations, usually the person that's speaking on it, self-care does usually come very natural to them. And it's kind of like this progression, but you being open and vulnerable and saying, Hey, I've had to completely rework my brain. Y'all like, this isn't something that came naturally to me. And I had to actually make this space for it allows for me and other black women out there to feel like it's okay, you know, to acknowledge that we have a rough time with setting time aside. And I really see it too, as a black woman, like Liv was mentioning too, how 
revolutionary it is to care for yourself in that way, to really take time for yourself in that way. And I'm curious for you, you know, how much of that really plays into why, what drove you to, especially writing a book, like putting all of these lessons that you were confronted and sharing your journey. Like you said, it hasn't been easy for you. That's a part of what's brought you here. So how has that kind of been at the center of this conversation for you around self-care and being a black woman? Yeah, I, I mean, so Inner Workout is a book and it's also a company. And I remember when I was starting the company, I was like, I want to create something that I can see myself in because when I was doing yoga teacher training, actually I did. So there's another black woman. It was probably more diverse than other people's yoga teacher trainings, but generally like yoga, wellness, the people who are at the forefront and have like the most success visibility tend not to be people who look like us and there's spaces that we're in like for example yoga the practice of yoga was like created for Indian men so very different experiences and body types and things that may or may not be considered and I remember in my yoga teacher training like certain things that were said that were like yeah, you don't have hips like my hips or like you don't have other experiences that necessitate having different adjustments or ways of being in your body. And that's just like using yoga as an example. There's so many different examples of how that shows up. And so for me, I think that like the work that I do is always trying to guide people back to themselves. And I do it from I can't do it from any other lens except as a black woman. And I want people like, I just kept thinking of a younger version of me and like her picking up this book and feeling seen and heard and acknowledged that she is and can really step into being the expert of her own experience and her care and her way of approaching well-being might look different than the expert she's seeing on Instagram and TikTok. And that is perfectly okay because her being her own best expert is all that matters. Now that's a word. Now that's a word. I mean, can you imagine, I think, how different we all would see the world if we had curriculum or if we were taught from jump how to be in touch with our bodies and how to ground ourselves in love and you know, self-care rituals. I just think that the world would be 1000% better. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. So I really appreciate you, you know, creating the space again um, to help people, no matter what stage of life that they're in, return back to themselves. And in the book, you've mentioned these five dimensions of well-being. Like, let's, let's get into that. Like, how did you come up with these five dimensions and what do they all represent for people that have never heard of these before? Yeah. So the first big insight I had around self-care was like, oh, it's a conversation that I'm having with myself, listening within, responding with love. It's not just like me ticking the box on doing things. The second big revelation I had around self-care was the five dimensions of well-being. So they are inspired by this yogic concept called the koshas, and they then became like my interpretation of it became the five dimensions of well-being. And really what they do is remind us that we 
are like these multidimensional beings. And a lot of times when we talk about self-care, we tend to focus on like taking care of our bodies. And then more recently, we've started expanding the conversation into taking care of our minds. But if we were talking on most podcasts, like even 10 years ago, a lot of the way we would talk about self-care would be like about your body, what you're doing for your body. So the reason why I love the five dimensions of well-being is it gives us language to understand what pieces of us need care and reminds us that we might feel really comfortable caring for one dimension of well-being, but not feel cared for after we do something because actually a different part of us needs care right now. So the five dimensions of well-being, there's also sub-dimensions. We're just going to keep it high level. So the five dimensions, the physical, which is about your relationship to your body. Again, another conversation, how well you can notice what your body is saying to you and what you're saying to your body. Like, are you looking in the mirror and hyping yourself up or being neutral? Or are you looking in the mirror and saying all these mean things to yourself? Then there's the energetic dimension, which is supported by your breath and because a lot of us are breathing in waves that don't support our well-being, myself included. Even right now, I'm like, let me sit up taller because I'm sitting here slouching. Um, the other part of the energetic zones are the way that energy moves throughout our lives. And what I mean by that is like the conversations that we're having, are they filling us up or draining us? The tasks that we're doing. And if we're not aware of that balance that those things that are giving us energy and the things that are taking away of our energy without, if we're not careful, we'll be completely depleted and be like, I didn't do that much today. Why am I so exhausted? So that's the energetic zones. Then there is the mental and emotional dimension of well-being, which looks at what comes into your brain, how you're using it, what you're reading, watching, listening to, thinking about, then there's what comes out of your brain in the form of thoughts, feelings, and emotion. And that's all supported by sleep because yes, your sleep can affect how you feel in your body, but it also affects your mood, your feelings, how well you're able to like accept feedback. I don't know if you've ever tried to receive feedback when you're like tired and then you're crying and you're like, they were just like giving me something constructive and now I'm here crying. Um, then there's the wisdom dimension which is about your ability to access your inner wisdom in the present moment and to take aligned action. Because it's one thing to like hear your inner wisdom and be like, oh yeah, okay, I should do this thing. This is the path I want to go down. It's quite another thing to actually walk down that path. And then the last dimension of well-being is bliss, which is about connection to yourself, to communities, humans are communal creatures, and to something bigger than you whether that is through spirituality or through being in nature, any number of ways. So that's like your crash course on the five dimensions of well-being. I think it's so helpful though. Everything that you said and like you were talking about at the start, it gives us the language. And I know as my experience as a black woman, it is such a dynamic and dimensional experience and not always having the words is part of the frustration when trying to seek, you know, not necessarily to be understood by the world, but 
just understanding of this world and your own experience in navigating it. And so I'm curious, as you were kind of moving through this journey, were there parts of those dimensions that were difficult for you? Because I'm sure some people are listening, I'd be like, wait, I didn't know my breathing was a part of my self-care. Or like, I didn't know that me not trusting my intuition was me not taking care of my wisdom. And Liv and I talked about a lot of those facets. And sometimes she even talks to me about her breath. She's like, girl, how do you breathe? And I'm like, I know, right? If you don't think about it, you might not even see how you're harboring that. So I was there a surprise for you or even live, you know, as you hear about these and as we've been kind of diving into all of these dimensions that surprise you for yourself or that you're still kind of on the journey to better understand? Yeah, absolutely. For me, oh, go ahead, Taylor. Um, No, I'm actually, I'm curious to hear you first and then I can jump in. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that the intuition that inner wisdom piece is so important and that's been the theme of my year this year like I want to trust my intuition and you don't really think about intuition in the form of self-care you just think of it as something that you know you have and you choose to listen to or you choose to ignore and I think about all the times when my intuition might have been telling me something that I chose to ignore and how shitty the circumstances turned out to be. And I think when you really start to trust yourself and you start to listen to yourself, that intuition can lead you into places um, that are so unimaginable and so positive and so great. And so I don't think that that piece is ever that inner knowing, that inner wisdom um, is really emphasized as much in conversation. Yeah. I think for me, the one that has been showing up for me a lot this year is like being connected to community through the bliss dimension. Um, I love giving to my community. It's so hard for me to receive. And that was part of what was hard about my whole book launch process too, was like receiving kindness from people, receiving support from people, having to ask for help and it's still hard. Like I still am having these internal conversations where I'm like, it's okay to ask someone for help. Even my husband, I've been with him for a long time. And sometimes I'm still like afraid to ask him for something because it's like my strong friend conditioning. And I'm like, I got it. But then when I have let people in and leaned on my community, it is so beautiful. And I'm like, duh, Taylor, why didn't, why don't you do this more often? Absolutely. That's hilarious. And I totally relate to that. We've had an episode as well on hyper-independence and how that can show up in your life. So definitely resonate. I know. And and I, I resonate with that too, Taylor, because I'm like, I always, why am I conditioned or what is the, what is the narrative that I'm believing that my first instinct isn't to lean on that community or isn't to create that space uh, and letting people uplift and support me. So I surely know. But what about the part of the conversation where some folks might be thinking, 
okay, now that I know that there are all these dimensions, sometimes we get caught up in this idea of like, I have to perfectly master all of them now. Like (laughs) sign me up for every single self-care practice and ritual that will make me the very, very best. Because like you said at the beginning, some of us, especially there is an experience of black women that we feel like we have to do everything. We have to do it perfectly because there's something on the line if we are not perfect. Like there's so many facets of what's going on. So what do you think about when people see this and then they start to go back to the old ways of saying like, perfect, now I'm going to be perfect at all of these things. And I'm going to have the perfect balance across all of my dimensions. It's like, how does that show up? There's no such thing as perfect balance. Thousands of people have taken our free assessment that like measures your well-being across all dimensions. And I don't look it up everyone's responses, but for all the ones I've seen, I've yet to see anyone have like perfect balance across the board because really what it's supposed to be is a conversation going back to that definition of self-care, listening within responding with love. You can't fail a conversation. You learn new information. You can be a better listener. You can be better at responding with love, but there's no way for you to fail. And there's no way for you to be perfect at it either. Like something that I always remind myself and remind the inner workout community is that we humans like to forget that we are part of nature and nature is always changing and evolving. And like right now it's that like spring, almost heading into summer season where like for a long time, those seeds underneath the ground were just seeds and they were chilling and they were doing what they needed to do. And they weren't failing because they weren't flowers yet. It just wasn't time for them to bloom as flowers. So I think for people, it's a reminder that this should help you have a better conversation with yourself. And if all of the language of the five dimensions is bringing up too much perfectionism for you, then like get rid of it and just focus on how can I, what is coming up for me when I listen to myself and how can I respond with love using the time and the resources available to me? Like that's the simple part of it. Yeah. Heavy on that. What is coming up when I listen to myself and, you know, you've talked about this idea of silence as well and the importance of it. How do you feel like as black women, we can one incorporate silence into our self-care rituals and also like for people that have never even heard of having a self-care ritual, like what tips or resources would you say to help them establish one within their lives. Yeah. So in terms of the silence piece, a lot of times it's just like seeing where you can take away background noise. So I'm a podcast girly, both in like having a podcast, liking being on podcasts and listening to podcasts. I'm trying to listen to more music though, because I'm like, sometimes when I'm in listening to too much podcasts, I'm always in learning mode. But when I'm listening to music, I'm normally in play mode and I'm trying to be in play mode more. So that's like an aside. But when I have moments, like let's say I'm driving my husband to work, I could listen to a podcast on the way home, but sometimes I check in with myself and I'm like, no, this is a silent car ride. And I'm just going to listen to my thoughts or like walking my dog. A lot of times I'll like call someone or listen to a podcast while I'm walking my dog, but in the mornings, that's time for me to be with my thoughts. So for you, it could be in the shower. You take like 
the first couple minutes of your shower for silence to check in with yourself and then you can blast the music it doesn't necessarily have to be like a new thing it's just how can I build in some silence into something that already exists in your day in terms of the ritual piece of things the way that I like to think about rituals are they're supporting you can do how do I want to approach? I'm like, there's so many pieces, but the simplest thing for a ritual is it's something that you do that gets you to a desired outcome that's good for you. And it's easy, especially if you have perfectionist tendencies to be like, I need to wake up at a very specific time and I need to do these things for the exact right amount of time and just get like really granular about it. And then again, being like, okay, well, I got up two minutes late, failed my ritual. When what is more useful or has been more useful for me is to get really clear on what my intention is for a ritual. I'm doing my morning ritual to set my day up for success. I'm doing this ritual to feel more connected to myself before I go on a podcast interview. And then what are the components that support that? So my morning ritual has to have movement, reflection, and nourishment. The reason why I focus on components and not like a schedule is that it lets it be modular. So if I have a lot of time, I could go for like an hour walk by the lake. If I have a little time, I could just stretch for a minute or two for my movement. So it allows you to still do the things that care for you, but be realistic about like the amount of time you have to do it on any given day and acknowledge that that's going to shift and change. Mm. You are so brilliant. Like I'm, I'm in awe of your ability to not be intimidated by the dynamic nature of this conversation and really eloquently give metaphors and visuals of how to take such bite-sized pieces of this. And in your book, you do such an incredible job of really talking about the the why behind this like we can want our lives to be more balanced and feel better and the reality is we're under a lot of stress a lot of the time that you know and that's a physiological cost to our bodies that there's chemicals that are being released when we are constantly in a state of alert when we're constantly in a state of busyness and hyper focus or our attention is you know, in 12 million places, which you can't really do effectively either. And everything that you're talking about, I can feel just in myself of, oh, it's connecting again. It's all about connecting back. It's about restoring and healing and rejuvenating all of those synapses, all of those connections with myself and and then how the movement and the nourishment and the learning together are about restoring that. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so brilliant in her workout because that's what we're doing when we're working out. You know, sometimes you really have to stretch yourself and tear a little bit of the muscles for them to get stronger and I can see it all working and I'm like oh my goodness I was reading in her workout and she was brilliant here you talk about it I'm like this really I hope people can see it as 
not just the, I want to do yoga to be a yogi. It's like really for people who are asking themselves, like, how do I be well? How do I be well? And I think these five dimensions and the assessment are all tools to really start asking us those, getting to us, getting us to those answers. And like you said, giving us tangible ways to reframe then how we engage after that assessment. Not that we're failures or not that we're broken, but actually that we deserve to be well and we can use this insight to help guide what's next. So this is just like all culminating and Taylor just, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I'm like shipping all of this. I'm like, I love all of this. This is next level goodness, y'all. This is a yummy bucket of goodness. I'm eating it up. (laughs) Absolutely. Same here. Same here. Like my mind is just blown. And Taylor, to just close this out, one thing that we really love asking all of our guests is, you know, what does flow mean to you? How do you see flow interacting in your life? It could just literally be like, what is the thing that pops up when you hear the word or like, what does it mean? I'm curious. Yeah. So it's so funny. Cause I think that my definition of self-care is really related to flowing, like listening and responding and not being so caught up in self-care is supposed to be me doing 10 squats. I don't know why squats came to mind, but like these really rigid things and more like I get to flow in a conversation. And it's funny because all the things that I love doing in my life and my career and my relationships involve like being, there's an element of presence in flow. Like you have, you can't lie to yourself and be in flow. You have to be real about like what's here and what's present. And then you choose to respond to it. And I think if you allow it, that's where life is actually like the most fun and joyful. But if you're resisting what is, you can't flow. And then that causes a lot of suffering. Mm, Absolutely. I couldn't have said that any better. And I do agree with you. Your work is really tied to this definition of flow. So It's almost like we're all interconnected or something, you know? We are. I say it's like we're all drinking from the same well, like the same like cosmic universal well. Yes, exactly. And the girls who get it, get it. And they're here. They're here with us. They're doing the work alongside us. And I just hope that this conversation has stoked so many curiosities for people to really start to integrate. But Taylor, you know, people are going to want to know where to get connected, where to, where to find this book. They're probably like, I want to be on that workout plan. I want that hot girl summer plan. Okay. I don't care about all this other stuff. I want that one. So tell people where they can connect with you. Uh, maybe even pick up your book. Where is that? Yeah. The best place to go is on the inner workout website, which is innerworkout.co. There's two buttons right at the top to take the free assessment and to get the book. And then I'm like, I'm, I'll say my social media, but don't expect much from me on social media. It's like, sometimes I'm there, sometimes I'm not. So at Taylor Elise Morrison and at inner workout. Well, they'll love when you are there and they'll miss you when you aren't. And that's just on that. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much, Taylor, for joining our community, our tribe. We've loved hearing your story and we will definitely make sure to provide our community with all of your resources. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Of course. And with that being said, we are closing out with peace, love, blessings. We will see you all next time. Bye.
Bye. All right, that wraps up our episode this week. We'd really appreciate if y'all could rate us on Apple and Spotify as it really helps grow our BGF tribe and support our podcast. As always, the conversation continues on Instagram and TikTok. So connect with us there if you want to join in on all the kikis. With that said, we will see y'all next time. Rest well, folks.